Good evening, you're watching Stockwatch with me, Zanati Guma, and joining me to unpack your stock-related questions tonight are David Shapiro from Sassman Securities and Wayne McCurry from FNB Wealth and Investments. And be sure to send those questions via SMS to 41392, email at stockwatch at bdtv.co.za or tweet us at businessdaytv using the hashtag stockwatch. Thanks so much for your time, gents. Um, Off-air, David and I were wondering, Wayne, if you were stuck in the wilderness, um, but glad <laughs> to see that <laughs> you are here. Um, of course, the only wilderness we like is the one on the garden route. Um, and just talking about the wilderness, um, David, would you say the current financial metrics on the budget are the wilderness? Or maybe there's some uh, optimism that we can gather from what the government plans to do, considering also the fact that the RAND actually stayed put? The RAND... The rand's a dollar. I mean, it has to do with the dollar. Rates came down <laughs> there quite dramatically. So I think that guided where the uh, the rand went. Uh, from the wilderness point of view, I, I know we've got lots of hopes and lots of, uh, we always say this is what we're going to do over the next three years and have lots of plans which never seem to materialize. So uh, I think I think the best thing we can say, it wasn't as bad as expected. You know, that's yeah. about... Uh, the most positive you can be. But uh, a lot of it was already discounted in the market. But I don't think there was m much impact on the stock market well, you know, at all. Yeah. Mm. I mean, what was not as bad as expected coming to you, Wayne? Was it the financial metrics? Was it the plans going forward? What was it? Look, I must, I must agree with David that, you know, every time you hear the budget speech or the medium-term budget you know, it always we're going to do this and this is going to stabilize at that level. And But we just seem to have almost a creep there where things just get worse and worse. But, you know, it's a very difficult job that the finance minister's got to do. Mm. And I do concur with David that it wasn't as bad as expected. Yeah. And by and large, the problem we're facing is a mining tax revenue issue. So mining taxes are down by 50 billion, and that's the shortfall we have 50 billion in comparison to the budget. Now that's a cyclical phenomenon. In other words, up until a year ago, things were swimming. I mean, money was flowing in the front door for mining companies, and thank goodness for that, because it paid for all of government's additional expenditure related to COVID. I mean, if COVID had, had have happened now, in a commodity down cycle, our finances truly would have been in tatters. Yeah. And, you know, as it said, as per definition, it's a cyclical phenomenon. So mining taxes should pick up from this low base over the next two or three years. But it looks as though we are going to get some additional taxes in the budget next year. But certainly, you know, as a summary, things weren't as bad as anticipated. Yeah, I think it's the best way of saying it. They're bad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Um, yeah, there was actually a question here um, on the medium-term budget. Uh, your view, given the difficult position our state finances are in, I'm just thankful we have a finance minister whose name is Enoch and not Des. Dot dot dot. We will not uh, <laughs> go there. <laughs> All right, let's get to the viewer questions. Um, I'm very interested to hear what uh, David and Wayne think of Richmond at the current prices as a long-term investment, David. I, I like Richmond. I've always liked it. And uh, I think that the, the, the results that we got out of uh, some of the luxury companies, just although they weren't 
what everybody expected and um, they perhaps disappointed slightly, they're still very strong. And that still remains a very strong area of the market. Mm-hmm. Um, there's huge resilience on, on the, in, in the luxury side. So I like it. I think they're trying to turn this company around. Uh, in essence, catch up with some of the other luxury businesses, but but I certainly wouldn't get rid of them. And they've come back quite a bit. This you know they've come back quite a bit, and I think they're starting to look uh, at attractive levels um, at at this point. Mm. Uh, Wayne, on your side as a long term investment, uh, would you be going into Richmond at the current prices? As we of course have seen some pressure on the stock. Look, I, I agree with David. And in fact, my memory is so poor, but I think this is one of my stock picks in the night. Well, I think yeah. last week. Yeah. Yeah, last Maybe week. Last I couldn't, <laughs> couldn't even remember. Mm. But yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, the big point is, is that this is a true global luxury goods company. Mm. And uh, the rating of this one against its major competitors is extremely low. Mm. I mean, this, this, this company's got the rating of you know, 15 or 16 price earnings ratio. Mm. Other ones are at 25, 30. It's really cheap in relation to them. And and we all know that this is a true top quality company and you're getting it, you know, as cheap as what you're ever going to get it, quite frankly, at this price. So I think it is a very good buy at this level. Yeah. Uh, David, I know that uh, you have a keen interest in luxury. And actually, I saw today that Aston Martin um, disappointed uh-huh. with its results. Um, the loss was more than what markets had anticipated. Also, they lowered their volume targets. What are you thinking about the car luxury space? I, yeah, I'm a Ferrari person, and that's okay. because it fits into both electric vehicles and it fits into the high end of the uh, of the luxury market. Porsche, Aston Martin, Lamborghini, you know, they don't yeah. match. They don't match the appeal of a Ferrari. Uh, now, I'm not going. Wayne is the petrol head. I mean, he yeah. understands <laughs> motor cars a lot more than I do. What I do understand is the mindset of the investor, not the yeah. investor or the buyer. <laughs> yeah. And 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 the kind of appeal that it has. And that's what attracts me to to Ferrari and uh, the wonderful way in which they control their output, you know, their their supply and mm. uh so on. So this is not Ferrari's not you know, for uh, what could you say? You know, if you're going to start discussing the intricacies of the engines they build and the performance, no, 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 don't, yeah. don't come with me. But what I do know is that as soon as a young person makes money, the first thing they do is rush to buy a Ferrari. You know, so yeah. Uh, wait, I mean, just as a petrol- Wayne, those questions. Yeah, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm going. I'm going to him, Wayne. As a petrol head, <laughs> do you have an interest in actually investing in that luxury car market? Yeah, look, all I can say is a couple of things. I've, I've had many, many sports cars, etc. over yeah. the years. They're very nice to show your friends when they're parked oh. in the garage. <laughs> you know, don't try and drive them too often. And rather buy the share than the car. Mm. Okay, uh. because it, 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 is, it is essentially an image thing. Yes. You know, these cars were not designed to go to work and back in. You can drive them on a Sunday morning mm. and just have the tow truck driver's number speed dial on your phone um but 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 the image you can't beat ferrari no nobody has got that that image that ferrari has cultivated over many many years i mean there's no lamborghini world but there's a ferrari world yeah you know, there's no aston martin world but there's a ferrari world 
Okay, uh, I, I hear yeah, you. So you, you. You buy the shares, don't buy the car. <laughs> okay, I, I hear you on that way. <laughs> All right, let's move on to mining. Um, can you please discuss uh, Antofagasta? Um, it was a stock pick for a couple of people, but the share uh, went down again to uh, 13 uh, pounds. Um, apparently, copper is still in a shortage. Uh, would you recommend to buy more? Antofagasta, uh, copper mine in Chile, uh, David? You got me there. Yeah. But, you know, I think copper has got a bright future. I mean, I think there is going to be a short supply. It's not showing up yet mm. on the market. But I think if we do go into a, a situation where um, people are shifting towards um, electric vehicles, um, also towards clean energy, copper is going to be in greater supply. So it's it's early days, but I think you know um, Wayne in the introduction was talking about a turnaround in that market. It's going to come. It's early. We can't see it. It's yeah. not uh, obvious, but I think um, if you've got courage, you can start to buy some of the copper shares and, and, and look at copper. I think it is going to be a metal that's going to do very well in the next few years. But yeah. as I say, you know, if you look for it at the moment, it's, it's so hard to determine uh, why you should buy it. So, but, but Wayne's right, you know, these things turn. And when they turn, they turn fast, mm. you know. So, yeah. Um, but I don't know, enter for Gusta, you know, per se. It's not one that I followed um, uh, generally. I would buy the big ones. You know, I prefer to go for the diversified miners who've got exposure to copper, uh, whether it's BHP or Rio's or uh, even Glencore. Yeah. Anglo, well, Anglo, also, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Sorry, what? Yeah, no, no. Yeah, look, the whole, yeah. The whole, all of this is cyclical. I mean, you can't expect a good copper price in a commodity downturn with the highest interest rates in the major economies that we've seen in decades. Mm. But that's when you buy the shares. You don't know where the bottom is, but you know, if the in the future follows the past and we see lower interest rates i mean this is a stuck record story we see lower interest rates we see a recovery in global growth the commodity cycle will pick up and it could actually pick up into quite a nice environment because i mean these commodity companies all of them almost went bankrupt in 2015 and they haven't spent any capital expenditure really since then so you're going to get a, 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 a environment with growing and reasonable demand in a little bit of a scarce supply situation and these prices could go up actually quite strongly. It's never going to be another China years that, that we saw 20 years ago, but yeah. it could actually be a half decent commodity cycle. And I mean, as we all know, these commodity shares have been bounded. Yeah. Wayne, I mean, uh, just... Stop, yeah, David? I'm just saying, if you look at... I watch Amplats very carefully. Yeah. And I mean it's been absolutely hammered. Mm. I'm not a I've I'm not a big buyer of it, but I watch the market. Yeah. And slowly now it's starting to move sideways. You know, in a it zigzags like boom 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 like this. That's yeah. forming a bottom. Uh... and it needs to form a bottom over time. You know, it's too early yet, but you can see the signs. And once it forms that bottom, the next move is a reversal which would be upwards. So just watch carefully. You don't. You don't have to be impatient. You know, mm. markets are there for a long time. You don't have to rush in tomorrow or something. But 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 watch that. You know, you'll start to see the bottoms being formed. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, sorry, Tinto, but just on on amplets, um, 
You know, MPLAT's now is lower than it was at the worst mm-hmm. during COVID. And there the global economy did go into a full recession. Yeah. You know, the world economy might be slowing down. It's not going into a full recession by any stretch of the imagination. And yet the share is lower than what it was. And the balance sheet is in significantly better condition. So, I mean, mm. these, this is the bottom, I agree with David. Yeah. Well, we hope it's a bottom. Yeah. There's a question here. Um, can the panel tell me why the telecom share price increased since Monday? Today, uh, it was up more than 5%. Let me actually uh, give this one to you, Wayne. Look, Telcom, who knows what's happening with that? There's no particular news that, that, that I've heard yeah. that has pushed Telcom up over the last couple of days. But, you know, Telcom has come down a very long way. I mean, it hit the peak. I'm having a look at sort of 2019 at 100 rand. Now it's mm. 22 rand now. Sure. And, you know, it's come off 40% this year. So even though it's gone up over the last few days, it's really just you know, recouping what it lost in the previous three days. Mm. But there was no specific news out on Telcom. Is it also not maybe um, trading with MTN? Because also with MTN, we saw uh, with these numbers that keep on coming out, we saw uh, the third quarter results from Nigeria a few days ago and then Ghana today and the share price is also just a kind of volatile. Would you also not say, David, that it's maybe following the trend that MTN has been following? MTN is different situation. I think mm. it's got issues. You know, it's got serious issues. We don't know whether they're going to sort out what must be the twentieth uh, case that they have with the, uh, the Nigerian tax authorities. It seems to be something that happens every month, um, and also they've got this court case that's pending or could possibly um, be brought against them in New York or in the US. Yeah. Um, so. A lot of troubles there. I think they're hovering around the 92 level, which is kind of half the price that they were not too long ago. Um, that seems to be almost structural in their sense. I think the same thing with telecom. I think it's structural. It's just a difficult, dying business because their their fixed line business is going nowhere, and they're battling on the on the other side of it, on the um, you know on the mobile side, di- uh, digital side. Mm. So I I would avoid it. I just think this is this is a company that's you know that's uh, got a lot ahead of them, and they can't get rid of it. They can't move out of that that issue you know they can't move away from their legacy commitments mm. uh so that, funny enough we talk about none of them look out probably vodacom is want to say best of the bad bunch you know <laughs> yeah. at, the, at the moment but um all been very disappointing yeah I, you know i don't know what's going to turn them around yeah i wonder i wonder um, all right, let's move on to Nasper's. Uh, the Nasper's PE ratio is approximately uh, 9 to 1. A while back, it was in the uh, hundreds and then thirties. Is this mm-hmm. drop perhaps more to do with the restructure and elimination of the cross-holding and buyback program than the earnings versus share price used before? Um, are they comparing apples with apples before and after? Wayne? Look, I must say, with all the corporate changes and all the shield and all of these things going on, yeah, sometimes you don't know about the earnings base that's being used here. Mm. However, there's two things to mention. Any ratio in investments is a rule of thumb. It's a very blunt instrument. Uh, it, it, it can only help you make a decision. It can't make the decision for you. 
That's the first point. Second point is on NASPASS. NASPASS is almost a little bit more of a net asset value play than a price-earnings ratio valuation. We all know that 10 cent makes up an enormous proportion of that. And the balance is really been invested into into industries that have still got to make profits. You know, we hope that they will. We trust that they will. Management assures us that they will. But they've, they've actually still got to make money out of all the many, many, many billions, hundreds of billions they've put into the non-10-cent business. So a price-earnings ratio is probably not the right way to evaluate whether nice pass is cheap or expensive. Hmm. Uh, David, would you agree with that, or do you have a, a different opinion? I track it with Tencent. I watch Tencent very carefully because, in the end, that's going to be the underlying. You know, that's going to move the share. Mm. And Tencent don't look so good. <laughs> it's just it's going nowhere. It's just kind of winding uh, sideways. Yeah. You know. You know the strange thing is that we th- speak so much about nice person. If you were bought it six years ago, you made no money. I mean, it's been an incredible performer when Tencent rose and that. But over the last six months, we've been going up and down and up and down and up and down. You know, a lot of work to go nowhere. And, uh, you know, but the problem is that we've got such huge profits in our, in, in, in the holdings. I'm talking client holdings that you're going to pay massive amount of tax if yeah. you sell them in yeah. a capital gains. But we just keep hoping and praying that something does come back. But I mean, Seriously, over the last six years, you've done nothing. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, a sector that has done a lot is the banking sector. Um, there's a question here specifically on NetBank and Standard Bank. Uh, can the panel give us a, uh, a buy on these uh, two stocks? I expect that um, the year-end reports will be good and the dividends will be excellent. The yield on both should be uh, good for the next uh, year, 2024. Uh, and a side note is, if we get a government change, these banks should spike, my opinion. Mm, I wonder. Um, but uh, Wayne, on that, Nedbank um, and Standard Bank, uh, would you still recommend a buy there? Well, look, Standard Bank's earnings this last reporting season were probably the best of the bunch. Um, but these, these are all cheap shares. Eh? They're, they're, they're all cheap shares. They're all at seven, eight dividend yields which is fantastic. There's nothing wrong with their balance sheets. They're probably at the worst of the bad debts now or approaching the worst of the bad debts. And I mean, the actual, these are companies you can use a price earnings or a dividend yield in looking at them. Seven or 8% dividend yield is really a good yield. Mm. Yes, I, I, I'll probably go for Standard Bank over NetBank, but the, but the decision is really marginal. Uh. Quite an, an interesting point that the viewer uh, put out there um, is if we get a government change, these banks should spike. Uh, disclaimer, my opinion. But I wonder if that a change in government wouldn't cause uncertainty and actually do the opposite, David. You need a good economy. You know, I, yeah, it might create uh, a lot of optimism in the market. Mm. And uh, having, you know, when I, I have never seen banks 
at these kind of dividend yields, you know, which Wayne has said is seven and a half, eight percent. I can't remember. Five percent was always considered a good yield that we would get on banks. And it just shows you how nervous people are uh, of what lies ahead. But I think they will maintain their dividends and maintain their earnings. So if a government does come in, it just might spark optimism that things are going to change here um, and that, you know, that uh, economy will get a bit of a perk, which could happen. Yeah, but um, it's it's such a hard call to make. But I, you know, at these levels, literally, the shares are as safe as banks. Uh, no. mm. All right. Uh, there's a question on um, transaction capital. I've been holding transaction capital since 2020, and have seen the price decline significantly. On a three-year outlook, do you think uh, the panel uh, believes it would be better holding on to transaction and hope for better times? or selling out um yeah what do you do if you haven't sold out already of transaction capital what do you do at this point when do you hold or do you join the choir and sell look i think this is option money now i know i I made a mistake on this after the first big fall i thought they've cleaned the cupboard they've got they've got all the bad news behind them and there is a very good chance of a strong recovery here. Then we've got the second lot of bad news, where it just halved again. So I was very, very disappointed with that. Mm. And it's option money now. Don't sell now. It's option money. You've lost 90% of your capital, you know, yeah. over the last year. It's pure option money now. Yeah. Um, you've, you've, you've lost 90%. What happens if you sell now? You know, you can... <laughs> And save the maximum of another 10%, yeah. you might as well just hold it because if things do turn around, even very slightly, the appreciation in the share price can be quite material. But it's, it's literally option money now. Mm. David? I can't say anything further. I think yeah. they've got the taxi industry, is the taxi business is, is under huge pressure. And, you know, I was looking at motor vehicle sales today, even they started to come off. And I would imagine it's becoming more difficult in the, uh, we used to say secondhand cars. I don't know what they call them now, previously owned cars or whatever it is. Previously loved. It's it's a good business. Yeah, you know, (laughs) we buy cars a good business and their debt collection are both good business, but they've got a long journey ahead to recover. Hmm. And But at these kind of levels, you just put it aside and say, okay, uh, I'm more likely, you know, the upside's probably greater than the downside. So yeah. let's just wait. Uh, well, the second part of that question was, um, you know, if uh, the investor is going to sell out of transaction capital, if it would be better investing in uh, either Amplatz or a combination of Amplatz, Northern and Implatz. I take it that both of you do like Amplatz from uh, what we discussed earlier. But now, would you go for okay. just Amplatz alone <laughs> or a combination of Amplatz, Northern well, and Implatz? David? So if I had to buy an option on Amplatz or TCP, on transaction, I think I'm going to do better on Amplets. I think that option's going to probably give rewards uh, yeah. and much faster rewards, much greater rewards than perhaps these yeah. uh, transaction capital. Away? Amplets or a combination of Amplets, Northern, and Implets? No, I'll take Amplets. Take Amplets, I think, yeah. Amplets. They've got the best mine in the world.
Yeah. Mm. Gents, we have about one minute, but uh, there was uh, a question here that came out. I'm 30 years old and relatively new to investing. Can you please ask David and Wayne if there is any financial magazine or newsletter they would recommend and if it would be of any value? I mean, I just say financial mail, but gents, any specific newsletters or... Um, no, no, you... If you want to do this, you have got to read wide, widely and listen uh-huh. and watch TV and you got to and get watch stock watch. Over. Yeah, and you got you got to just get info, data, yeah. info. There's no there's no holy grail yeah. letter book. Uh-uh. Yeah, all right. Uh, we always say people who who sell books on the you know the only people who make money from selling books on the stock exchange are those who sell the books or write the books. You know they don't make it from <laughs> the advice; they make it from selling the books. <laughs> yeah. Gents, I'm being kicked out of here. Thirty seconds for both of you. Wayne, your stock pick for today. Going yeah, for Cecil, the chemical prices have been under a lot of pressure. All the big chemical producers have been actually destocking. They've been selling stock. Uh, the chemical stocks is about half of Sassel. And I think there could be over the next six months to a year quite a nice recovery in chemical prices. And Sassel's at a seven dividend yield and a four price earnings ratio. It also looks cheap. Ah, David, on your side? I only need 10 seconds. Buy socks. Buy lots of socks. S-O-X-X. <laughs> Which is... <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Okay. It's a semiconductor ETF. <laughs> uh, with the results have been great, really. Uh, uh, AMD came out with numbers, so I'm still I'm still very AI orientated and yeah. pushy. All right. Well, thanks so much for your time and for your analysis today, gents. Really, really appreciate the time. That's all for Stockwatch this evening. Thanks to our guest, David Shapiro from Sassman Securities and Wayne McCurry from FNB Wealth and Investments. After this, I bring you the close. Stay with us. Thank <laughs> you.